not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my god, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. But did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. And you'll never have to pour or measure detergent again. Can we, can we all get along? Terror, horror, death. Film at 11. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no side. One. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Brain Trust, hello. Hello to all of you. I hope you've had a wonderful last week on Earth. I have had a pretty good one. A lot of travel. I was in Lake Tahoe for a week doing shows at the Tahoe Improv at Harvey's Hotel and Casino. Uh, pretty standard week. Uh, worked with a funny comedian named Joe Prano, has a sports podcast that people enjoy. You can follow him on Twitter at Fix Your Life. He's not here today though, so you don't want to tweet at him in this episode other than to say hello, feel free. Um, but I had a very unique evening on Saturday evening in Tahoe because randomly my dear friend Dennis Haskins, who you may know better as Mr. Belding, you better damn believe it. Mr. Belding from Saved by the Bell was randomly there hosting the nightclub at Harrah's attached to the hotel. And so he came and did a cameo in my show. You can see it on my Instagram recreated, basically having me be a character in Saved by the Bell on stage. And we went and partied our balls off in the peak nightclub. Uh, you heard it here first. Both Ben Glebe and Dennis Haskins no longer have balls on account of how hard we partied. And that's hard to do. You only can do that once in a lifetime unless you've got a great ball reattachment guy. And I do not. I'm not at that level of celebrity where you have a ball guy on speed dial. If you need one in an emergency, yeah, you can reach out. But sometimes they got ball backlogs and you can't get to them quickly. Uh, another thing you should know is I'm right now in Chicago. I'm in Chi Town that created all the bass sounds. It's supposed to jump and kick holes in the ground. And my mind's like a chemical spill. And that's Miami. And that's Vanilla Ice. And I'm sorry for you having to hear that part of this podcast, which is called Last Week on Earth, because we cover all of the events that happened during the last week on Earth. Everything that happened. News, politics, pop culture, trends, or at least some of those topics. That's my guarantee to you. Later on in the podcast, you will talk as the audience responds through Twitter answers. It's not you asking me questions, me asking you questions, and you answering Long-time listeners know that, but current listeners might not know that. Um, strange moment in my life. I might talk about it next week. Not ready to talk about it yet. But um, I'll explain it in a future episode. And uh, you guys are the first to know always, and you will again then. But I say we launch right into the news on account of the fact... By the way, I'm at the end Chicago for Zanies Comedy Club, where I am tonight and Saturday night doing shows. Laugh it off tour is well underway. People are excited, having a great time. A grand old Opry. Grand old opportunity opportunity for laughter. An Opry for opportunity for laughing. And uh, you can get tickets to all upcoming cities, including Indio and including 
Minneapolis and Phoenix and Edmonton and Dallas and Plano, Texas and Washington, D.C. And the Irvine Improv just added a date there on February 15th, one show, one night only. Tickets to all of them at BenGlebe.com. Do it right now. Be a good gentleman, a Glebe of Extraordinary Gentlemen, or a great friend with benefits if you're a lady. Even though ladies can be gentlemen too. Go on, brush your shoulders off. Ladies as pimps also as, as well. Also, a little lispy on the first also there, and I, for that I'd like to apologize to your eardrums. Megan Markle has chosen a wedding dress designer, you guys. This is great news. Us Weekly reported the exciting news. She has crossed another item off her to-do list. The bride-to-be's wedding dress designer has been chosen, a source reveals in the new issue. The insider says the Suits alum, Suits, still a show that no one has watched or heard of, made her selection just a few weeks after Prince Harry Ball, Harry, 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 just Prince Harry, popped the question back in November. Though the designer has yet to be revealed... Only a small group of five people know the name. Oh, no. I'm so very truly sorry, you guys. We'll all have to wait just a little bit longer for this important news, I guess. Great story, though, Us Weekly. Really great story with practically zero information about a topic in the first place that no one should give a shit about. Kim Ye Baby is named Chicago for some godforsaken reason. Eliza Orleans and I speculated last week what it would be. We guessed wrong. It was stupider than our guesses. Can you call Child Protective Services on parents for naming their child Chicago? Is that a CPS-able offense? Tweet at me at Ben Glebe. Let me know the truth. Uh, I don't know why you'd call a child that. It's not a name. Chicago. This is my son, Chicago. You can't say it with a straight face. The kid will never be able to say his own name with a straight face. He'll be mocked. He'll be ridiculed except for the fact that he won't be because he'll be very rich and famous. But any human cannot be called Chicago. Only a Kardashian West can. A Kanyeshi. Chloe tweeted, I love her name with four heart eye emojis. Hey, Chai, pronounced shy. She tweeted, oh, so it's pronounced shy. Chicago. Which is short if it is shy. And if I ever name my baby something as dumb as Chicago, please shoot me. And if I ever sing this early in the podcast again, I hope you tweet at me telling me to shut up. Moving on to the next story. People are getting Botox for their camels. In Saudi Arabia, these sheiks that own handsome camels have a beauty contest for their camels because they don't know the love of a woman over there. The love of a good, independent woman. Throw your hands up with me. Everything I got in a box to the left. In a Botox box for the camel lips. Uh, so they're cheating and this, getting their camels disqualified, many of them, by injecting Botox into the lips of their camel so the camel looks more handsome. This is a real story taking place in real life on the planet Earth. We're never going to solve the problems of our planet if this is the kind of bananas nonsense that we do. Why do we do it? More importantly, has Timberlake made peace with Janet Jackson? 
JT is ready for his big return to the Super Bowl stage. The filthy crooner, and that doesn't mean he doesn't shower. He does shower, one presumes. But his new song, Filthy, Everybody Hates It, opened up about his upcoming halftime show, first in 13 years. 13 years, a baker's dozen of years since he made headlines by exposing the breast of Janet Jackson. One of the Jackson Five. Probably not. Quote, naturally, that's something we talked about, Timberlake, 36 years old, told Apple Music's Beats One host, Zane Lowe. To be honest, it wasn't too much of a conversation. It was just one of those things where you go like, yeah, what do you want me to say? We're not going to do that again. We all know he performed uh, with NSYNC in 2001. We tried to forget about it. And then in 2004 with Janet Jackson, who's now 51 years old. I don't know why that's mentioned. It's interesting. She still looks great. But he supposedly accidentally exposed her breast, causing a national uproar. Never made sense to me how they said it was accidental. She had a pasty on the breast as though she was ready for it to be exposed. There's no way JT just exposed her breast without her being a, a, a willing breastticipant. Seems unlikely. Titicipant? Tatosipant? Anyway, the point is all of those attempts at wordplay were stupid and not worthwhile. But I don't get it. Also, I don't get the uproar about seeing a breast. We all sucked on them growing up as young children for milk at life's very nature. And in that same Super Bowl, as I commented at the time back in 2004, there was a commercial for Career Builder or some shit where a guy's so bored at his job, his heart starts beating, and all of a sudden his heart literally jumps out of his chest and walks out, holds a picket sign saying, I quit, to find a job that his heart cared about more. But why is it okay to see one organ jump out of someone's chest in a graphically violent, disgusting way. But not okay just to see a titty. We got backwards repression regarding sex and body parts due to our Puritan, Quaker Oats nature. And I think it's time we adjust and grow up. We don't need to get super comfortable with our sexual lives, though, like Trump did. In touch to drop 5,000 words from Stormy Daniels on what it's like to have sex with Trump. I don't know why anybody read, want to read five words about it, but I will do a story on it for some reason. Brandy Zadrozny and my friend Aaron Gloria Ryan reported in the Daily Beast. In Touch already ran excerpts from the interview with adult film star Stormy Daniels, real name Stephanie Clifford. You can see why that's less hot of a name. Clifford's not hot in any shape or form. Where she detailed having a 2006 affair with future President Trump, Rump, the rump shaker. It was the first time she publicly confirmed the affair because she was paid $130,000 to keep it quiet. Seems a low amount from an eight times billionaire. If he really is one, he's not. Most likely. If you think you are, bro, show us your tax says. But this is just the beginning of us getting into the story in touch. It's going to run the unedited interview. Trump apparently asked Daniels for her number first, then invited her to dinner. When she arrived, he was wearing sweatpants in his hotel room. Sexy. If I were him, I'd be wearing tuxedos at all times just to try to up the game a little bit because your face and body ain't winning any prizes at the county fair. They ended up eating in his hotel room. She went to the restroom. When she emerged, he was sitting on the bed and invited her to join him. Oh, here we go, thought Daniels, and described the t sex as textbook generic. A, not surprised. B, surprised she didn't say it was terrible. C, I don't get it. Why did she, oh, here we go. Then why did she do it? Was it prostituted sex? Because if it wasn't prostitute sex, what made her want to have the sex if her initial thought was, ugh, here we go. I don't get it. She expanded further. 
The sex was nothing crazy. It was one position. What would you expect from someone his age to do? Also, they did not use protection, which the magazine reported is unlike her. Yeah, but it's Trump. You got to let him do what he wants to do because he's a star. And they let you do it, according to actually the mouth of our president. Oh, God. He then also told her that she was someone to be reckoned with, beautiful, smart, just like his daughter. The daughter, comparing to your sexual partner, obsession has to stop, Trumpian, the rump shaker. If you could move, which you can't, go-kart carries the rump around at a slow pace, dragging down the go-kart on account of your obese, borderline obese nature. But in a little bit of hopeful news and a little bit of seriousness, Trump proposes pathway to citizenship for many young undocumented immigrants. More on that after this sip of tea brought to you by Zany's Comedy Club mug that I'm drinking out of. Mmm, Zany's tastes funny. President Donald Trump's proposing giving 1.8 million young people, undocumented immigrants, a pathway to citizenship in exchange, what are you going to give me, $25 billion for his long-promised wall and a host of other strict immigration cuts, the Daily Beast reported. The outlines of the deal were described by a White House official on staff on Capitol Hill uh, to CNN just today. Well, by the time you hear this, probably just yesterday. In what the White House official called a dramatic concession because they like to compliment themselves, Trump would accept a path to citizenship, not just for those eligible for DACA, but a broader population of young people who came here illegally, up to 1.8 million. Now, that's good news. Potentially, so far, I like it. In return, they want $25 billion in a trust for border infrastructure and technology, including a wall, and including more funds for personnel and an end to family migration beyond spouses and minor children. I'm okay with all that. Look, it's up to political party, up to the wave of the tide to decide if you want to allow chain migration beyond spouses and kids. You don't want distant family members coming to this country. You can tighten up your immigration rules of the country. You want to protect your borders by building wall or fence or security things. I'm fine with that too. It's a waste of time because they're going to dig tunnels under the Wall, so it's a big waste of money, but I don't think it's the egregious thing everybody seems to think it is. But let's see what the rest of the things Trump wants are. They'd also be doing away with the diversity visa lottery program, since this administration does not value diversity, and that's not great. Uh, but they're instead going to use those visas to work through a backlog of people already waiting for family visas and for highly skilled immigration green cards. So look, as long as they're a diverse group of people coming in, I don't, I don't mind having the highly skilled come in. Above less highly skilled, we are a country and do want to succeed and want our economy to grow. So I can live with that. But, of course, there's more. And what might end up being the most contentious piece of the proposal, the White House is also defining as border security, closing legal loopholes that will allow them to deport more immigrants. You don't got enough? You already have the ability to do ICE raids whenever you want. And all of a sudden now it's not enough for you. You want t- ability to do tighter rules? Democrats aren't going to allow that. It's going to stall your plan. They're hoping to get 60 votes in the Senate and then improve it in the House. Then Trump can sign it. But why? Hopefully that's just a negotiation tactic. He'll let go on that point. And I think this is an immigration compromise we can all live with. Cost us $25 billion for practically no reason. But in an era of irrationality under precedent that can't be trusted, let's take what we can get. But in this moment of somewhat rationality from Trump, right back to the banana. 
Trump appointee resigned over racist remarks. Carl Higby, an appointee of Rump to the Corporation for National and Community Service, resigned Thursday after he was confronted with questions about his history of making racist, of course, sexist, no surprise, and homophobic, shocker, remarks. Higby was chief of the external affair, of external affairs of the agency, former Navy SEAL, prominent Trump surrogate, of course, you have to be racist to be one of those during the 2016 campaign. I just wonder, how did this happen by accident? Are they pulling names out of a hat for these Trump appointments? Are they just pulling names out of a racist, pointy hat? Seems that way. I'm not in the room, though. Neil Diamond, retiring from touring, bummed about this news. Big Neil Diamond fan. Don't know if I've talked about him much on the podcast over the years, but he's influenced me. I love, I know most of his songs. I love his songs. I admire the man. I admire his music. I've seen him in concert twice. Fourth row one time at the San Diego Sports Arena. Magical experience. And his son Micah played on my Little League team when I was 13. Senior league, you know. And Neil came to one of our practices once and ran with us. Neil Diamond worked out with us. And I'm the only 13-year-old who knew who he was. And I was jogging alongside him. Looking up like I was looking up at one of my heroes. Because he was. His medallion bouncing off his chest. Glistening in the sun. A strange moment for me, but an enjoyable one, and one I won't soon forget. Bummed to hear he has Parkinson's disease and announced he'll be retiring from touring, but he said, quote, I've been so honored to bring my shows to the public for the past 50 years. He's 76 years old. He's had a great run. He says, quote, I plan to remain active in writing, recording, and other projects for a long time to come. Well, that's very good news. Maybe we'll still be getting some more Neil Diamond music. He continued, my, th- my thanks go out to my loyal and devoted audiences around the world. You will always have my appreciation for your support and encouragement. This ride has been so good. So good. So good. Thanks to you. He quoted his own song in his statement. You gotta love him. And unrelated news, Katy Perry has never had plastic surgery. Okay, cool. With cult-like language, Snapchat threatens crackdown and jail time for leakers. Because that's the seriousness you should take a silly app with, right? Snapchat's been threatening those who leak information about the company with lawsuits and even jail time. The company sent out threats via a letter to employees obtained by Cheddar, a word that is used far too much for things other than to mean cheese. In response to leaked metrics and investigation into company culture published by the Daily Beast, my favorite Last Week on Earth news source, as you well know. Quote, if you leap, if you leak Snap Inc. information, you will lose your job and we will pursue any and all legal remedies against you, says Michael O'Sullivan, general counsel for Snapchat's parent company, Snap Inc. And that's just the start, he continues. You can face personal financial liability, even if you yourself did not benefit from the leaked information. The government, our investors, and other third parties can also seek their own remedies against you for what you disclosed. The government can even put you in jail. It's classic Snapchat, really. They're basically saying, if you leak information about us, we will stare at you for 10 seconds, and then you will disappear. Trump whines, shut down, fight. Could make me miss my party. Of course, when the government was about to shut down and the man in charge of the country and the flowing and functioning of it was mostly concerned if the government shutdown happened, which did happen, he'd miss a party they were throwing for him at Mar-a-Lago. 
He's a great man. He's a great American. They canceled the trip to Florida. He ended up going after, I believe he went. I don't know for sure. I don't care really if he goes eventually, but his priorities are quite mind boggling. It was a hundred thousand dollars a pair to go to this event. It includes a photo with the president because that's not a pay for play, pay to get access situation at all. and doesn't seem shady at all. Oh, it does. And if you pay $250,000, you got to participate in a round table with the president in which he will talk about himself and ignore you. ABC wants to have a mass bachelor wedding. More on the government shutdown in a moment. Bachelor producers are hoping a trio of former contestants will accept their dream wedding offer with former bachelorettes Caitlin Bristow, Jojo Fletcher, and Rachel Lindsay all ready to wed their partners. A show insider reveals the new issue of Us Weekly. They might grow the current group to include current lead of The Bachelorette, Ari Luyendik, and his final rose recipient, or The Bachelor. Who gives a shit? Not set yet, just an idea floating around. I think it's good, though. I think it's really nice that Us Weekly continues to perhaps further erode the concept of marriage into more and more of a joke. Like they are off to do, apt to do, want to do. They do it. Uh, with regards to the government shutdown, it's shut down because our parties are a bunch of babies and our leaders are a bunch of rich, spoiled-ass babies who cannot communicate or do anything for the better, greater good of the nation. And it not only is sad, but it's just incredibly disheartening at how dumb we've allowed them to become because it's our fault. We keep electing them over and over into Congress. And the only reason the Democrats put their foot down is DACA is a very simple fix. The Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals plan, DACA, literally was just to give permanent status, whether citizenship or something similar, to the 800 or so thousand people that were brought here with no choice of their own when they were children and have lived their entire lives as Americans. They are Americans. And 86% of the country agrees with this. So when only 14% are against something and both parties can't agree, you have to put your foot down at some point. It's insane that that's not more obvious and seemed a very noble reason to shut down the government because it's been shut down for much less worthwhile reasons in the past. So while stoned at a Denny's in Lake Tahoe at 3 in the morning last week, during this last week, I wrote what some referred to as a manifesto. I just wrote it, I just consider it, me being angry at the annoyance on three slices of paper from the hotel notepad, I call it irrefutable proof, where I wrote, our leaders have abdicated their duty once again by allowing their self-indulgent ineptitude on both sides, to a degree, to delay obvious and easy fixes to our country's major problems. It is almost criminal, simply because lives hang in the balance. So at the very least... We should kick almost all of them out of office. Here is irrefutable logic. You don't have the will of the people enough in mind. We are your bosses, by the way. Oh, yeah, forget about that, Jimmy. If you can't pass a clean DACA bill. I repeat, you don't have the nation's interest in mind. If you can't pass permanent DACA protection for human beings who came here as children. Against their will. How kids are usually brought anywhere. To anyone with a heart, these people are Americans. And when 86% of us agree with this, Quinnipiac poll, 
official statistic. I'm all official-like, okay? So stand by me. Great movie. Both parties support it, and even Trump does in principle. It is then irrefutable logic and irrefutable proof that you suck, Congress. You suck balls. And you are on notice. During the midterm elections this year, things will change. Regardless of party, if you don't have a spine, you are out. We are taking our country back. I wrote that while eating a banana shake that I shouldn't have been having and a cheeseburger and onion rings dipped in both barbecue sauce and ketchup. And it was very tasty while I was enraged about the current status of policy in our nation. And then I paid my bill and then I forgot to tip because I was waiting for an Uber to arrive and my phone was dying and I got distracted while paying the bill because I had to use a card and then I was signing as the person was arriving. I get in my Uber or it was a Lyft actually. It was a Lyft, pretty sure. And my Lyft driver, very nice lady, starts talking to me about politics randomly. We start talking together. I ask her if I can record for my podcast. She presents to me an amazing idea about how the country can, um, about how the country can get these people out of office in 2018 in a very creative way that I will share with you in an upcoming episode because we recorded it for the podcast. She pulled me up to my hotel and said, my shift is done. Do you want to get a drink and an omelet? I said, hell yes, I do. It's now 4.30 in the morning. We talked till 5.30 in the morning, recorded the whole thing for the podcast. It'll be coming to you in a few short weeks. And then I remembered I didn't tip and I asked her if she would, on her shift the next day, drop off a generous tip for me. And she'd said she would and she did. So all's well that ends well in that situation. More to come. We already talked about the Bachelor bullshit too. Right? I want to make sure we cover both the important and the very important. I do hope that Bachelor mass wedding happens. Please, oh please. Trump apparently is also having an affair right now. Michael Wolff, the author of Fire and Fury, told Bill Maher. He refused to share more details, but one thing is for sure. If it's true that Trump is having an affair, that woman is blind, deaf, and very, very stupid. North Korea will send 22 athletes to the Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang. North Korea is now majorly participating next month, winter, next month's Winter Olympics in South Korea. 22 athletes now taking place instead of only one figure skating pair. Are they cloning people there in North Korea? How are they doing it? More clandestine science happening? In a sign of easing tensions, though, which is very good news, between Seoul, South Korea, and Pyongyang, North Korea, its capital, North Korea's athletes will compete in skiing, ice skating, and women's ice hockey. And the rival Koreas have agreed to march together under a single flag for the opening ceremony, with one athlete from each country holding the Korean unification flag. That is a milestone. He said he hopes the Winter Games pave the way to a brighter future on the Korean Peninsula. I mean, this is great. I never thought I'd see North Korea talking to South Korea. The fact that they're communicating at all, let alone marching together, is very hopeful. Maybe we can ease Kim Jong-un into a false sense of security. The South Koreans get invited to a fancy dinner-slash-basketball party and then grab the nuke buttons and or kill the guy, but like in a nice, sweet way due to the newfound trust. I don't have the plan fully worked out yet. More on that in future episodes as well. 
Nicholas Cage on his new movie, Mandy. The Daily Beast interviewed Cage. And he's playing a and yet further insane character in a movie called Mandy uh, with hell spawns. And in one scene, he's in a living room when he comes across a spawn of hell. He's watching a 70s vintage porn with his... It, it is, the hell spawn is, watching a 70s vintage porn as hell spawns do with its head buried in a dune of cocaine. Cage lunges at the creature, then flips Cage onto the ground before stabbing him with his phallus, of course. So you can't you can't expect to be surprised by a surprise move like that from a creature of the of the of the hell lagoon. His p- dick's also a sword, by the way, of course. So Cage, the resourceful lunatic, the story goes on, reaches for a box cutter and slits the beast's throat. As a geyser of blood erupts into his face, he cackles hysterically. Then gets up, grabs a piece of broken glass, scoops some of the cocaine up, and snorts it. Cage is quoted as saying. It was just all over the place, and I was trying not to choke on the blood, and I just started laughing. Ha ha! I thought that was a great moment in the movie. On his criticized decision of his career to do action films right after winning an Oscar for Leaving Las Vegas, Cage said, I had just shot Leaving Las Vegas, and then I was rolling into a big action-adventure film which really wasn't done back then. Ha ha. Now you see actors doing it all the time, or they mix it up. But at the time, I took a lot of hits because I zigged instead of zagged. Let's go. He, of course, followed up Leaving Las Vegas with The Rock and then Con Air and Face Off, some of the best action films of the 90s. Became a legend. The article says it. I agree with it. What does Cage say about being a legend? Ha oh, yeah. Let's go. Ha ha ha. Like a peach. I can feel your skin under my fingertips. Like a peach. Justice Ginsburg details her own sexual harassment and Me Too moment. For so long, women were silent, she talks to the Daily Beast. She was actually speaking at the Sundance Film Festival in Park City, Utah. Don't know why she was there. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg said that every woman of my vintage knows what sexual harassment is, although we didn't have a name for it, noting an encounter when she sought assistance from a chemistry teacher at Cornell who gave her an identical copy of a real test in place of a practice exam. Quote, I knew exactly what he wanted in return. And she quickly went to his office and said, quote, how dare you, how dare you do this? And that was the end of that. Okay, with all due respect, uh, that is some very old-timey, very Supreme Court justice-y, doily-wearing-y sexual harassment. It's not a particularly heart-wrenching story. People have real abuse. They've been suffering real harassment. This sounds like a guy wanted to hook up. A teacher gave you a, a test, and you said, no thanks, and he said, okay. I mean, it's nice that you sympathize with the movement, but... Not the world's greatest anecdote, but, you know, you be the judge. Dan Rather's going to host a new show on the Young Turks. I love Dan Rather. Great newsman. I respect him a lot. He was the CBS Evening News anchor from, well, he was at CBS News from 1962 to 2006, 24 years as lead anchor. And this new show, he's going to run through the top stories. It's this beautiful, deep voice that resonates and... uh The Daily Beast, again, talked about this, 
and his Young Turk show will give him the chance to also explore underreported stories, something that we sorely need in our, in our news media. And he was quoted as talking about his show because he also has his own digital news brand called News and Guts, launched last January. He will continue 3 million followers there. You should follow it. But he said, and I quote, since I don't do a Dan Rather impression, I will say it as Morgan Freeman. I have always believed in the importance of independent journalism as the red beating heart of democracy and freedom and an increasingly important force in our current climate. I admire what folks like the Young Turks have been doing to keep independent journalism alive and penguins to speak truth to power and to get millennials, my friend Andy Dufresne not included, in the millennial group, excited about politics and the news along the way. I look very much forward to the new show and to introducing the Young Turks audience to the news and guts audience, and vice versa. Facebook admits it may not be good for democracy. No shit, you ruined our election. They conceded Monday they may not be entirely good for democracy, but said they're working to prevent interference in elections in the future by outside actors. Oh, thanks. One election hopefully is enough for you as well, from Russia or others. Quote, I wish I could guarantee that the positives are destined to outweigh the negatives, but I can't said a Facebook guy named Samid Chakrabarty, Facebook's product manager for civic engagement, saying he knows they have a moral duty to understand how these technologies are being used and what can be done to make communities like Facebook as representative, civil, and trustworthy as possible. They admitted in advance of the 2016 election, Russian agents created at least 80,000 posts with false or misleading information, reaching over 126 million people in the two-year span. Despite their attempts to combat this, Chakrabarty, also delicious cheese, said the battle will never end. Misinformation campaigns are not amateur operations. They are professionalized and constantly try to gain the system. We will have always more work to do. In a related story, Facebook announced they're going to be de-emphasizing news on their platform and more about friendships and connections. Good, because you're not a news organization. You've ruined our election, so I'm fine with that. I'm very fine with that. We'll talk more next week about the framing of the way we look at our politics, even the story I'll cover about the government shutdown, phrasing it as wins and losses. I'll just do it now. Michael Tomasky wrote an article for the Daily Beast. The whole article is about the Democrats can, the Democrats can win the government shutdown if they don't back down, saying they could have won if they did this. The last one was won mostly by Democrats. Some thought Republicans won, but if they hold this line, they can win the narrative. They can win the – it's not about winning – who wins shutdowns is all about message discipline. No, we have to stop allowing our politics to even be discussed in wins and losses from one side or the other. We're all on the same side. When we allow it to be seen as opposite teams. We are at each other's throats. I've said it ad nauseum on this podcast. And everywhere I get the chance, every conversation I can, we are one nation. We're not left and right. When all sides, this is why I wrote that thing at Denny's while stoned. If all sides agree on an issue, it should pass. So one other important piece of political theory that I believe needs to change in Congress, they need to vote on one thing at a time. They don't get so much done, they need to pile them all into one bill. You can't, you always create cognitive dissonance when you vote on more than one thing at once. So you vote on one thing at a time. That way, you are, 
are assuring that everybody voting can vote cleanly on the merits of that one issue or not, but not say, well, yes, I want to protect young children brought here, but I also don't want to give money to a wall. I don't agree on to vote on one thing at a time. You'll get a lot more done. It'll be a lot less politicized. Just a solid idea. I mean, fuzz. Fuzzle does. So, at least the government's back open now. It opened again a few days later. And basically just on the Democrats caving and on a promise from Mitch McConnell, the man with no neck and 40 or 50 chins, that he will open the discussion and debate about an immigration solution for the DACA recipients. Hopefully he holds to his promise. He often doesn't because the man is shape-shifty. He even shifts from being a human who has a neck into some kind of a turtle creature. So you don't know what he's up to. Twitter answers. It is time now for checking in with the Glebe of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the Beglebers and all of us, the Glebe Squad, the Friends with Benefits. It is time for Twitter answers. I asked, do you work out or exercise? If so, what do you do? If not, why? Hashtag Twitter answers how you can find this question each week. Also follow at last week on Earth for quotes from the podcast. At LSEP, my ex, Danielle Sepulveris, said cardio, bear class, and boxing, occasionally booty yoga. I said, ooh, what's booty yoga? Sounds good. She's like, no, booty, B-U-T-I. It's vinyasa yoga, but mixed with some dance moves and plyometrics, it kicks my ass. I'm out. At PearBear91, nah, I don't need a workout. I'm able to maintain my physique through starving myself. Always pretty funny, Pear Bear. I hope you're not serious. At UK Brain Trust, the British Bureau of this podcast, no. I walk 10 miles a day for my job. Quote, official postman of the podcast. Well, that's working out, my friend. You're working out. You're walking 10 miles a day. If you get your work done at the same time, that's just smart. It's multitasking and efficient. I just mispronounced words, which Bridget Woodbury hates. At B. At B. Woodbury said, used to run daily, hard to stay motivated now that 45 is insured and probably going to die of nuclear warfare rather than a more escapable threat. Can't run from fallout, you know. If one did not know, Glebe gave some pretty decent advice in the 2017 recap episode of this very pod, hashtag branding. It's true. If you want to survive nuclear war and haven't listened to the 2017 recap yet, check it out. Thanks, B. Woodbury. Maybe start running again, though. It never hurts. I'm going to start working out. I don't work out at all. That's why I asked this question. I wanted some good ideas or techniques. And I don't, I don't work out. I don't run. I should do it. And I don't do it. Um, at Robert WB3 says, and sometimes I sit in the parking lot and wonder. That's what I do as well. That's what I do as well. If I ever make it to the parking lot. At GESN10 says, I walk 12,000 steps five days a week and break that into little seven minute walk into a little seven-minute walk each hour, plus one bigger walk to finish it off. Still a fat boy, but a smaller fat boy than I was six months ago. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Good for you. At Lawn Rover, says 40 minutes of cardio on elliptical, stair climber, and treadmill, followed by an hour of weight training, five days a week in a perfect world. In my world, about once every two or three weeks. Not ideal, but still much better than me. The last two here, Alyssa, at M. Poynan, says yes for now. New Year's resolution still going strong. I've tried to look at my workouts as me time for my physical and mental health instead of something I have to do to get a better physique. Hashtag Leap Squad. 
the bleep squad of choice. The hashtag of choice, I mean. Both, the both of choice. That's great. I do like the idea of the framing it as like, it's your meditative time for yourself instead of always seeing it as punitive and just about a goal for your physical body. I do like that a lot. And Brittany Marie at BR Hootney says, I play Just Dance on her kids' Nintendo or whatever it is. Not only gets her a little bit exercise, but also bothers her kids. And I admired that very much. I think anything that bothers your children in a funny way, I'm all for it. You're going to be a parent. You got to deal with a lot of bullshit. Why not make it entertaining to yourself at times as well? You could squeeze that workout in. Do it. Maybe even Chris Carter can do fun things with uh, his mail. Throw the mail in the air, flip packages around, learn to juggle. That's an idea. I lied. Two more at Jack Zolo says I box, bike ride, jog, yoga, and lift. Really want to lift more, but I'm terrified of actualizing my dreams. Why is that? We all are so afraid of doing the things we know we want to do that we say year after year we want to do. Quite strange and confusing. Short-term goals seem to just get in the way of long-term goals. They're so much more fun, at least in the short term. But on a flip of that, and maybe an argument for it, our final Twitter answer, at Just Carrie Ann says, no, I don't work out. Because while Kate Moss thinks nothing tastes as good as skinny feels, I have eaten fudge-striped cookies and a dip made of heated-up peanut butter and chocolate chips. That shit is worth dying young for. Way to own it, girl. That made me very hungry. And, and I like the idea of that, eating that exact thing. I want to try it. Should I try it? Can somebody make me that? I don't cook things. I would. I do sometimes. I can make good salads and smoothies. I need to get a better blender, though. I already told you my tour dates, the Laugh It Off Tour, hashtag Laugh It Off Tour to see the dates. Watch Neurotic Gangster, my Showtime special airing January 30th or anytime on demand. I'm also not only still doing Instagram stories, but trying to do a better job of putting funny, entertaining content on my Instagram grid and tweeting more jokes. So please check all that out. And on that note, it is time for the Thunder Round. Only a one-story thunder round today, and it's one story is all you need in this in- instance. A woman plans to marry Tetris. The UK Brain Trust pointed me towards. You heard me right. A woman, human in nature, plans to marry Tetris, the fucking game. A 20-year-old who likes to be known as Fractal Tetris Huracan identifies as what's called as as what's called an objectum sexual which means she's attracted to inanimate objects. I mean, aren't we all, but it can't be your main thing. The math student from Orlando, Florida, surrounds herself with Tetris-shaped objects in her room and said she now plans to marry the game when she graduates from the University of Florida, where I can imagine she has no friends whatsoever. She started a relationship with the puzzle game in September 2016, I'm guessing unconsensual, and sometimes... Spends up to 12 hours a day playing in on websites, her phone, and her Game Boy, which apparently is still a thing. She claims she sleeps with and enjoys a physical relationship with Tetris-themed objects, including Tetris hard drives and cushions. We all know what she's doing with those cushions. You don't want to know, but now you know. You can't ever erase that from your head. She said, quote, I think Tetris is so beautiful. He is about perfection and he stimulates your mind. Physically, I get that feeling that people in relationships get, that you know they are the right one. Um, please no. This is not cool. 
This is not acceptable. You need to stop this. You need to have human relationships. The, per- the game doesn't talk to you. It doesn't play with you. It doesn't play with you in that way either. It's a fucking game. It's not even a modern game. It's a very old game. We all were done playing a long time ago. Um, you need help. Even if it brings you happiness in this one case, I think it might help. Cheryl Crow sings, if it makes you happy, it can't be that bad. I disagree in this case. This is pretty dumb and bad. Both bad and dumb. Um, meet people, talk to humans, find a person attractive, whatever gender you want, but, uh, but a person, please. Am I wrong? Tweet at me. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe loving Tetris is so very right. Maybe I'm just bitter because I've never been that good at the game. You know, I think about it. Those lines are pretty sleek and sharp and when they fit together, mm, feels good, don't it? Fuck. Am I getting a little tweaked on now thinking about Tetris? I'm have a Pac-Man. How wide he opens. I'd rather Mrs. Pac-Man. Let's stick with that instead. Got the little bow on, opening her mouth real wide, eating ghosts and pellets. What do you think those pellets are made of? I don't know. I'm not trying. Again, I'd like to go back to saying it's wrong. I was trying to empathize, and it was a nice minute there for me. But I'm back on the uh, human attraction spectrum. Hope that's acceptable. Hope we don't have to embrace every single type of. I mean, this this one. Can we not embrace just this one, please? I'm going to leave you with the artist I mentioned earlier who's given us so much enjoyment on a song that not only mentions in a lyric not even being noticed or cared about by a chair, but a song about not knowing where your home is, being born in New York, moving to L.A., not feeling either is your home. The song is I Am, I Said, and the artist is Neil Diamond. Thank you for listening. I'll see you in the future. Until last week, next week, this has been Last Week on Earth. I am, I cried. I am, should I? And I am lost, and I can even see why. Leaving me lonely still. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at smodcast.com.